Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. We are joined on the show by former NFL tight end Reggie Kelly. He played 13 years in the NFL with the Bengals and Falcons and has been on this show multiple times, and we're excited to have him back on. Uh, we'll talk uh, life and faith, but, but he's also here to uh, discuss gridiron greats, whose mission is to assist retired NFL players who were pioneers of the game and who have greatly contributed to the NFL's status as the most popular sport in America. And unfortunately, they, they now live in dire need. And, and so he's, uh, he's coming on to talk about Pork Rind Appreciation Day uh, that's helping to support the, the Gridiron Greats Fund that, that Mike Ditka is behind. So the, the Gridiron Greats Foundation. And, and so, uh, so we love talking with Reggie. Uh, really nice guy. It was fun for me today because we did it on Zoom. And so hopefully you can watch some of those clips as well on our YouTube channel. But, but thanks for always listening to the podcast as well. And before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So two of the topics that, that I'll end up talking to Reggie about, two things, preparation and mentorship. And so you'll hear his thoughts on it and then stick around at the end of the interview. I'll uh, unpack it a little bit further. Uh, but the website, gridirongrates.org, uh, you can check out today as well as porkrinds.com. All right, let's jump right in. Here is Reggie Kelly. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Joining us now is former NFL tight end Reggie Kelly. He played 13 years in the NFL with the Bengals and Falcons and played in college at Mississippi State. He was drafted in the second round of the 1999 NFL draft by the Falcons. He is now the owner and founder of Kaivan Foods, launched in 2008, and is also the author of the book Prepared Body, Mind, Spirit. He joins us today on behalf of the Gridiron Greats Foundation and Pork Rind Appreciation Day. I'm excited to welcome Reggie back on Unpacking It to talk food, football, and faith. Reggie, great to have you back. How are you? Absolutely. Glad to be back, my man. Food, football, faith equals so much fun, Bryce. Uh, no doubt. Well, it's always always fun having you on and We'll, we'll talk about what this, this year has, has been like for, for you personally and, and spiritually. And uh, I did notice, though, on, on Twitter some exciting 
news on the on the business front had a huge platform opportunity to to talk about uh Kaivan Foods on on QVC. So so tell us kind of about that experience and 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 what happened with that. Well, yes, you know, um, I started Kaivan Foods actually while I was still actively playing in the NFL. Um wasn't something that I intended to do. Um I really wanted to um, once I finished my my time on the gridiron, I wanted to segue and work in the NFL front office. Um, that's what I was on track to do. Uh, it's amazing. It's funny though how life tends to take you in a different direction and you never know. Um, but whatever direction it takes you in, you just go with the flow and everything normally works out the way um, that it's supposed to work. I always like to say the better plan will prevail. That's so right. we know God has the best plan in mind and his plan is always the best plan. And so I ended up um, starting this food company um, while I was actively playing. And during the NFL, NFL offseason, my wife and I, we would work extremely hard um, to build the brand, get some really good um, companies to help us make the product, really good people to help us and show us how to market the product. And we've been in business for, you know, a little bit over a decade here. Um, and so during this pandemic, you know, uh, this pandemic took us all by storm. Uh, it was pretty tough on a lot of businesses, especially small businesses like mine. And um, it, it was tough, especially from the food uh, food service sector. A lot of restaurants, you know, tanked. Um, some of them closed and then reopened. And we had, you know, some of our business through food service. And so we lost some food service business. But lo and behold, you know, God's timing is always the right timing. Uh, we had an opportunity to meet with the good folks at QVC and HSN. Um, they taught, they liked what we were doing in the community. Um, they liked what we were doing as far as like the type of things we do with integrity um, and they wanted to bring us on. And we, of course, wasn't going to say no to that grand opportunity. And uh, we had the opportunity to reach over 70 plus million people uh, when we put our products um, on that particular show. Wow. And so we were beforehand, Bryce, my wife and I was, were discussing, well, how are we going to get an opportunity or how are we going to be able to kind of like pivot because of the pandemic and we decided to really beef up our online platform and lo and behold, QVC called at the right time. And that worked out absolutely perfect. So, uh -huh. Hey man, we just extremely grateful. That's awesome. And so are, are you seeing a, a great, uh, I guess, boost because of that then? Yeah. Yeah. We saw a great boost in, in sales because of that. I mean, anytime you have a company like QVC and HSN, well, HSN is owned by QVC, but anytime you have a company of that statue, um, that's standing behind your brand, it automatically just gives you a, a platform um, of, of, of this is a brand like QVC that stands behind Kyron Food. So it validates us. It really does. It validates us immediately just to be on this particular show. And so, yes, so we've gotten a lot of fan support. Those who are big fans of QVC are now fans of Kyron Foods and hopefully we can continue to give them great service. That is awesome. Well, I'm happy for you. And, and I think your story is so encouraging and cool to hear just because, you know, you have a long NFL career, but then you already started preparing for what was next. And, and now to, to say, man, decade later, still, still doing your, your small business. And then in a year where, you know, just a lot of uncertainty and, and a lot of businesses that even having to shut down or, or pivot in big ways, uh, you've seen, just some opportunity. And, and so I think that's, uh, that's really cool to hear. So oftentimes we, you know, we hear all the, the negative stories going on. Mm -hmm. And so it's awesome to hear, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. The opportunities Absolutely. are still there. They're still there. And so you yeah. set yourself up online, which is, which is interesting as well. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think it's, it's important just for anything in life. You have to be prepared for it. 
Uh, that's one of the reasons I wrote a book. But but to take it, you know, some years before I even wrote a book called Prepared Body, Mind, and Spirit, I had a teammate by the name of Terrence Mathis. Not sure if that name rings a bell. He oh, was yeah. an all-everything receiver. He's been uh, on the show. The, oh, Terrence is a great man. He's a mentor of mine as well. When I was a, um, a, a rookie coming into the NFL, I was an out-of-control blur on the football mm. field, Bryce. I mean, I was all over the place, man. I wanted to dominate, but I knew nothing about the small details. So all I was focusing on was getting the job done. And I didn't do the necessary things it took for me to succeed. And Terrence being an all pro everything and an established, an established veteran in, in the NFL pulled me to the side. Um, he didn't have to do it. Um, he was already, he already had his own platform, but he went lower, picked me up by the hand and said, listen here, rookie, um, in order for you to do the big things, you have to first take care of the little things. Mm. If you do the little things right, the big things will automatically follow. He told me that, man, that didn't quite resonate with me at first, Bryce. Didn't quite resonate because I was thinking, listen, man, you, you, you're an old head guy. Nah. I'm a young guy coming in to take the league by storm. <laughs> what do you know? That's right. Um, but it took me a couple of, you know, bumps and bruises, got knocked on my butt a few times. And then that message echoed in my mind. Um, and I said, you know what, let me take this guy's advice. If he's been playing this long, he had to do something in order to play, you know, at this high level of performance and to play this long. So I took his advice. I started really focusing on the small details, mm. footwork, my leverage, my hands, really, really worked on getting those precise. Once I noticed I started doing those things in my route running, my blocking, my catching, the big things automatically came, came to place the blocking, the pancake blocks, the catches, and so forth and so forth, the things that I always wanted actually started happening when I first started focusing on the small details. And so I carried that mentality with me all throughout my 13 years in the NFL. And even when I segue from the gridiron to the cast iron, as I like to call it, <laughs> I end up taking those same precepts, those same little concepts. If you do those small things right, it's going to help you to succeed. Some of those small things means you have to pivot from time to time. But you can't give up when things get tough. You know, I'm a firm believer that adversity was sent here to make us, not necessarily to break us. And whenever you're going through something adverse, um, you can really, really become better instead of becoming bitter in life. And I, I wanted to use this opportunity, as I would call it. I know many would not call it an opportunity, but I want to use this as an opportunity to grow in many areas of my life through this pandemic and also to be some form of a light. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I know it's going to be tough. It's been tough for us all, but yet it's fulfilling when you can inspire people. Um, never when you never give up and never quit, and always fight for the, what the good Lord has in store for you. Amen. And and I, I want to unpack the, this idea of of preparation and being prepared a, a little bit more. One, one reason I actually wrote today's devotional. I write a devotional Monday through Friday called Unpack This. And today was about the the next man up mentality because. In football, I mean, always in football, but especially this year, it's been injuries and COVID positive tests and all that kind of thing. And so it's next man up, next man up. And so all these guys have really had to be prepared at any moment they could be going in. And, and so for us in, in life and, you know, we, we've got to continue to remain ready, remain, uh, you know, diligent in equipping ourselves and, and trusting the Lord to equip us. To, to, to step into what he calls us to do next. And, and so, you know, we can't be prepared for the coronavirus as far as, you know, oh, I know exactly how I'm going to handle the coronavirus. 
but, but there's something about being prepared. So I don't know if you want to talk about a little bit more about that too, but just it's on my mind today, actually, because I just wrote about it uh, in, in just this, this next man up mentality. Oh yeah. In, in the NFL, that's, that's always, a, that's always the phrase uh, because you're one injury away, you know, from either being out of the NFL or there's one injury away from you to get an opportunity. Um, I had a coach that told me a long time ago, he said, Hey man, one man's misfortune is another man's good fortune. Mm. So you always have to be prepared. And that was the case even with me in the NFL. You know, um, I came in as a rookie, you know, behind one of the elite tight ends in the NFL with OJ Santiago, great guy. He's a great friend of mine. Uh, He got injured during my rookie year, Um, came in off the bench and performed really well. And performed so well that the next year they end up trading OJ to play for another team, and I stepped up to be to be the full time starter. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that that was how it was going to go down. Didn't have a clue because again, he was all everything at that particular point. I mean, about a six 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 seven tight end that ran track, that could catch a ball, and and was also a really good blocker. And so I wasn't expecting to be thrown in the fire so fast. Um, but yet and behold, you know, because again, because of Terrence Mathis coming to me early, telling me, hey, do the little things right. And because of the work ethic that I had in place, that prepared me for the platform. And once I put once I was on the platform, you know, I tried to kick the door in and not turn back. And I think that's very important. Because oftentimes in life, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Yeah, and right. when you get that opportunity to do so, um, you need to make sure that you do to, do so to the fullest. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is Colossians 3.23. It says, whatsoever you do, you do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. If that's not the essence of preparation, I don't know what is. Whatever you do, regardless if you're second, th- second string, uh, third string, if you're a startup company, if you're a multi-billion dollar company, you're supposed to do everything in excellence. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when you do everything in excellence, you are automatically be prepared for what may come your way. And you may have to pivot you may have to make some adjustments, but yet because of that proper training and work ethic that you have, I think it'll take you over the top so that you can make those necessary adjustments. I love it. That's awesome. Really, really encouraging and insightful. So I, I appreciate that for sure. Well, uh, yeah. So again, the, the book is called Prepared uh, Body, Mind, Mind Spirit. Spirit. That's good. So that's that's good stuff uh, from, from Reggie Kelly and, and his, his website, uh, kyvin 82 Dot com so you can check check out more uh there well uh let, let's let's unpack a little bit further we, we've heard just a, a little insight but i've just been curious talking to, to really anybody just as far as their experience this year in 2020 and and specifically in what ways have you been maybe personally challenged or ways that your your faith has grown uh this year and that, that god has maybe revealed different things to you or just you, know, you, you mentioned the word opportunity earlier. What, what has that looked like from a you know, personal spiritual standpoint for you? Well, I, I think that one of the things that, I, that the good Lord really revealed to me, and I, I was actually reading it um, yesterday as well, and just talking about the Apostle Paul, and it, it, it's a familiar scripture, but he says that when I'm weak, I'm strong. Hmm. When I'm weak, I'm strong, for my weakness is made evidence. Uh, for God's power is made evidence in my weaknesses. So many times we, as humans, especially men, we're all macho, right? We're all macho. We tend to take a lot of credit in our own strength. And, and God has given us those gifts and given us those, those talents as well. But yet his power is shown evident in our weaknesses. Mm. I believe in my heart that the good Lord showed me that this, this week and showed me that, well, this, these last few weeks, 
Um, because some, so many times when, and, and I say this because I coach football as well. Hmm. And so many times, you know, now that I'm coaching in the younger generation, I put a lot of my knowledge as what I've learned playing the game of football. And I use a lot of that and I lean on that, which is what I'm supposed to do. But yes, yeah, so there's some uncharted territories when you're coaching kids, especially kids of this generation. I bet. Right? When you're trying to game plan, when you're trying to coach them, when you're going through certain, you know, uh, emotional deals with kids, uh, when you got to discipline kids, that's a lot of things. And sometimes you can react off of emotions hmm. instead of really, really digging a little bit deeper to see what is really going on with the kids. So instead of me uh, falling back on my own knowledge, I've asked the good Lord to give me strength and to give me good sound wisdom um, so that I would say the right thing, but also say the right thing at the right time. Mm. There's a difference. Um, I heard a phrase, Bryce said, a smart man knows what to say, but a wise man knows when to say it. Mm. And so I leaned on the good Lord as to when and how and what to say to these kids and stop using my experience playing football and focusing on that, but to lean on the good Lord's wisdom. I need his help. There's some areas that I'm weak in, and I'm not ashamed to say that, but I believe that's just because I'm being vulnerable just because I'm being transparent. I believe that the good Lord will come in and where I'm weak, he will make me strong. So I will be able to use this platform to represent him to the fullest. Amen. And, and that really takes a place of humility to, to be in, in position and, and, and willing to acknowledge that, yeah, I don't have all the answers. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would be easy to say, oh, former NFL player, 13 years in the league. He can just Absolutely. go coach, coach what, what, how old are the kids? What age? The kids, these are 14, 15 year old, 16 year old kids. So yeah, it's easy to say, oh, of course he would be able to coach 14 to 16. Mm-hmm. But, but like you say, that's, uh, there, there are challenges there that you've never experienced. And there are ways that uh, you haven't even been able to live out those, those coaching skills necessarily mm-hmm. until these moments. So that's a and, 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 that, and, that, and that's just one example. Um, there are so many different examples, even, even in business, but I try to always go back to kids because I love kids so much. And, uh, and, and I, I've told kids, you know, some of the kids, you know, they, they really have the, the best uh, of the team in mind. They really want to do well, and you know they do. Some of them may drop a pass, and, and I'm not going to be a coach. Hey, man, you got to catch every pass. I'll simply tell them, Bryce, that, you know, I, I've dropped a pass like that before too. Don't hold your head down now. Pick yourself up. Make the next play your very best play. Come on, man. You can do it now. That doesn't mean I don't get after them. I get after them. Oh, yeah. But I know that there's a time to get after kids, and there's a time to build them up, um, especially those particular kids that beat themselves down when they make a mistake. Hmm. And, and they may have a history of that. You're not sure if, if that came from their upbringing or whatever the case may be. But I have to be sensitive to that and, and coach them according to the actual kid's temperament and make sure I reassure to them that, yes, even though I played a long time in the NFL, I can't tell you how many blocks I missed. I can't tell you how many times I got knocked on my butt. I can't tell you how many drop passes I did. But guess what? I still ended up playing 13 years in the NFL. And you can do it as well, but you can't give up. Don't get too down on yourself. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and make the rest of your life the very best of your life. And, and I think that um, I know that that's my platform um, to reach a lot of kids and um and i'm gonna do it the best i can and you know i always tell the kids too bryce and this is a little bit off subject i tell the kids that they determine what type of coach they get oh they can get the nice guy <laughs> or they can get the mean guy Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's their choice as it is in life right you can choose uh, some of the things that you do hmm. but it's all dependent on the choices that you make as well wow 
No, that that's good. It's hard for me to see you, uh, <laughs> the mean Reggie Kelly, but uh, no, that's all right. That's part of the deal. Absolutely. What, what what coaches maybe had the biggest influence on your coaching style? What have you pulled from um, guys? Coach Jonathan Hayes, without a shadow of a doubt. Coach Jonathan Hayes uh, was my tight ends coach in Cincinnati. Uh, he was under Marvin Lewis, which was my head coach there. Coach Hayes played um, nine years um, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He played with Joe Montana, Christian Coria, you know, those type of guys. Um, then he also played three years uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, went to the Super Bowl, ended up losing the Super Bowl. So that was yeah, – I, I don't like talking to him about that experience. You know, he gets a little grumpy. And it, it depends on what type of practice day. If it's a hot training camp day, I'm definitely not talking about that that Super Bowl loss. Uh, I'll have to make sure that it's an easy day so he won't go berserk on us. And he was a good coach that really did push me. Mm. He taught me the essence of really, really pushing, poking, and prodding to get the very best out of people. He taught me that it doesn't matter if people have an attitude, they get mad at you because you're pushing them, push them anyway because you see something in them that they may not see in themselves. And he saw something in me. I thought that when I, you know, after Terrence Mathis, you know, gave me so many words of inspiration and so many encouraging words, I ended up playing four years for the Falcons at that time and signed a really nice contract to play for Cincinnati. So when I went to Cincinnati, I knew I was a polished tight end. I knew I understood a lot of stuff about the game of football, but he had played 12 years in the NFL at that particular position. He knew far more than I did. And he knew he could bring out a lot more than what he was seeing from me. And I remember, man, there were days I would run a, a 10 yard out route or a 10 yard in route. And we would be actually practicing going full speed against the defense. And he would be running right behind me oh, while I'm wow. actually running the route, yelling and screaming, finish the route, finish the play. And I'm like, my goodness, what have I, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and but he pushed me to the point to I, I actually humbled myself, listened to him. And I'm going to tell you, Bryce, those years with the Cincinnati Bengals were the best years I could have ever imagined in my career. They had me playing. They had me doing stuff that I really wanted to do all of my life. I was playing outside receiver, slot receiver, tight end, offensive lineman, running back, all in one particular game. Oh, wow. So they had me all over the field. And that's really what I wanted. But he saw that in me. He saw something in me that a lot of other coaches didn't. And that ended up propelling me and stretching me to study harder, to work harder, to learn from the offensive linemen, learn from the receivers, learn from the running backs, talk to DBs, talk to linebackers to see what they're looking if I'm lining up a certain. And it really stretched me and it worked to my benefit. And and it set you up to then take a similar approach with how you're your coaching these absolutely. these fourteen absolutely 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 and I and, and the funny thing about it sometimes when you have coaches that really push you and really work your nerves hmm. once you finish once once you finish you know not playing for them and once you get away from the game they end up being your best of friends it's funny how that worked man it is funny how that worked I often talk to Coach Hayes he said. We talked last Thanksgiving, he and my other tight end buddies text each other, and we often talk about life, talk about the football. He often laughs at how my facial expression used to be when he used to get after me. Ah. You know, it, and it brings back so many great memories, and I will consider him not only a coach, but he's a great friend to me. Mm. He's a great friend, and the same thing that he taught me, I'm teaching the next generation of tight ends, you know, and teaching them how to be tough, 
how to pay close attention to details and how to outwork people. There's something to be said about outworking people. You know, it goes a long way. It goes back to working with excellence for the Lord as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Working with our faith, faith without works is dead. So it's important. Works is very, is a very important element in our lives as Christians. You know, we have to make sure that we're not saved because of our works. Um, of course, we understand that. Um, but it's important for us to set the tempo. Hmm. You know, we have to set the tempo. If we have the platform, we have to set the tempo. And a lot of people are watching not just what we say, but what we do. And if we're going to talk the talk, we got to be able to walk the walk. Um, I had a teammate, he's a good Christian brother of mine. He's always said, don't talk about it. Let's be about it. Hmm. And that is very, very important. We have to not just talk the talk, but make sure we walk the walk. Let's be about it. I like it. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> but, so you, you mentioned Terrence Mathis uh, before we, we came on the, the show. We talked about White Shoes Johnson. And then you, you mentioned your, uh, your favorite coach kind of when you were playing. And, and so I'm very passionate about the, the, the concept of mentoring. And, and ultimately, it's discipleship as well mm-hmm. from, a, from a spiritual standpoint. But, but we see, you know, uh, one coach – coaching a player who then becomes a coach and so we see it play out we see a veteran wide receiver helping a young tight end who then later in your career I'm sure you mentored other tight ends and young players on uh, on the teams that you were on and so we see that live out and I know in my life I've got mentors that are pouring into me and um, and keeping me accountable and pushing me and and trying to get the most out of uh, my God-given abilities and, and pointing me in the right direction so um, I always try to talk about mentorship whenever I, I can and have guests on that, that really buy into it. So how have you seen kind of the, the, this mentoring concept play out in your own life and, and how even at, at this stage in your early 40s, you continue to, to pursue it? Absolutely. And, and, I, and again, I, I will go back to football. When I first made it to the NFL, a lot of the older veterans, you know, took me on the wing again, like guys like um, Chuck Smith, not sure if you're familiar with that name. Um, guys like Jesse Tuggle, and they said, Rook, you know, we got to teach you and we got to prepare you because we want to lead the game better than we found it. Huh. That's very profound. That's very profound. That's not selfish. That's meaning I want to make sure that when I leave the game of football, I want to leave it better. So in order for me to leave it better, I have to mentor the next generation. So when we pass the baton, you guys can take it and run even further and better than we could have ever imagined. And I think that's very important. If you could understand that from the standpoint of a football player, an older guy mentoring you to become better, sure that we can understand it in life. Mm. In life, and if you're on this Christian journey, uh, it's, it's hard to be solo. It's hard to be long range. You're going to need some help, and you're going to need some help in the form of mentors. Therefore, it's important for us to humble ourselves and listen. And we don't have all the answers, um, but you, you need people that can come in that have experienced some of the things that you're going through that can help you through this. And there's nothing to hold your head down about. We all need help. What would Timothy be without the Apostle Paul? That's right. That's hard to imagine. And so I had mentors for me. I, I speak at Terrence Mantis as a football mentor, but Terrence Mantis was a spiritual mentor to me as well. Bob Christian was a spiritual mentor to me as well. Gary Pierce, who is my mentor, um, he he was in the um, – Coach um, Gary, he wasn't a coach. He was in the Navy. Hmm. Now he was in the Marines. Um, Shucks, he was an Olympic boxer. Um, he's from New York. So he was the total opposite of what I am, a small country town boy from <laughs> Mississippi. And, and yet he's mentored me on staying strong, work your butt off, you know, making sure that you represent 
to the fullest. You shouldn't have said that, Reggie. That didn't come out right. I, I, I know what you may have been thinking, but the way that you presented, so you got to use better wisdom. And he's the type of guy that's not going to miss his word. He's going to tell you the truth, not be a yes man that's telling you everything you want to hear, but he's telling you what you need to know. Guys like Ken Moyer that played offensive lineman um, with the Cincinnati Bengals, he was my chaplain um, with the Cincinnati Bengals, a great man of God that mentored me also. And I often rely on those type of guys. Uh, shucks, Bryce, even when I have to give speeches, hmm. I call him and talk to him. I have to give a speech or I have to go speak to this church, I have to speak to the school. And I just want to get your thoughts, man, on if you think I'm going in the right direction with this. And, and, and all it does is it helps us to humble ourselves, but it helps God to get the maximum out of us by using fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to help us along this way. One issue I have uh, just in our society, society and, and at large, Bryce, is that a lot of times we allow our differences to cause division. Hmm. But I believe that God made us different to bring us together. Bryce, I can learn so much about life just from you. You and I are, are, are different. I don't know you, but I guarantee you, you have a different perspective. Your life journey has been different. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of knowledge about certain topics. And instead of me using that as in causing us to be divisive, we could be more together so I can learn better, learn more so I can become better. And vice versa, you can learn some things from me so that you can become better. And I believe that's the reason why we're so different so that we can learn from each other and grow from each other and be more productive for the kingdom of God. That's just my opinion. Amen. No, that's truth. I I'm right there with you. And, uh, and we just, yeah, we, again, it comes back to humbling ourselves to, to recognize that and, and, Absolutely. Really, and, and realize that yet yeah, everyone has something of, of value to, to, to pass on a lesson that they've learned and, and knowledge that they've experienced and, or experiences plus knowledge, all those things that, that, that we, can, we can share and we have to be open to share with others uh, and be willing to receive that as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Whether in, in a, you know, a formal mentor relationship type thing, but, but even just conversations with, with people that we come across. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah it's, it's very key. And so, and so that, that's what I did too. When I, when I played, they used to call me the rev. Ah, you know, nice. they, they called that, that was the nickname that my teammates gave me. And they knew that I, you know, I tried to do things the right way. It wasn't perfect, obviously, but I tried to do things the right way. But I think one reason why they called me that because, you know, they would often come to me with life, just life issues, man. Be family issues, whatever the case may be. And and I tried to get them good sound advice based off the word of God. And I tried to get them good sound advice, not trying to sugarcoat it, but just telling them the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. Some of them left a little angry at me. But yet they came. Back. <laughs> That's right. Yet they came back. They came back in love because they knew I was really just trying to tell them the truth. And and I think that that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, that was a young tight end that I, I mentor, and I'm gonna call his name. His name is Jermaine Gresham. Jermaine was an outstanding tight end yeah. uh, for Oklahoma. Um, he came in first round draft pick for us uh, with Cincinnati Bengals, and I had ruptured my Achilles the previous year. They came in to bring him. Um, to take over my position. I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to call it my position, but they came in to bring him in and take over the tight end position. And he came in, did extremely well. And as soon as Jermaine came in, I'm being a veteran, an older guy. I think it was my 12th year in the NFL at that time. You know, some guys would say, well, man, listen, you need to try to hold, hold on as long as you can and, and, and make sure you try to outdo the young fella. But I am a competitor, but my thought process, listen, we brought this young kid in. I want to give him every advantage I can to help him succeed. 
-hmm. I helped them out as much as I could mentally learn the game, learning how to practice, learning what, how to watch film and so forth. And when coach Hayes would yell and scream at him and I was tell coach Hayes, well, you know, back off of him coach, let me talk to him. Let me butter him up a little bit. <laughs> and I, so I, I built that relationship with coach Hayes and I had such a relationship that when I first got there, you know, he was yelling and screaming at me, but I was there for eight years with him mm. and close to my ending of my career there. Uh, he respected me to the point where he knew that if I did tell him, hey, coach, back off a little bit, let me take the young guy. He respected me enough to know that I was going to come and kind of say it a little bit differently than what he said, but yet we were still going to get the same results. And that was because we had built a relationship. And And I used to talk to Jermaine and talk to Jermaine. Sometimes, Bryce, you wonder, though, when you mentor guys, you wonder, is it really? That's it. Is it really listening? You know, is it really penetrating? And I tell you, I, I retired and about four years after I, I retired, Jermaine sent me a text and said, big bro, you know, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Mm. You know, you were really a big inspiration when I first started in the NFL. And just thank you so much for, for staying behind me and, and really pushing me. And you know what? That meant the world to me, Bryce. Mm. It did. Because it lets you know, sometimes you may not see immediate results, but in God's timing, in God's timing, he will uproot the seed. And so we have to be patient and we have to be fervent and we have to continue to work hard to do it his way and not our way. Amen. No, that's a, that's a wonderful story and, and cool, uh, cool encouragement for, for you. And, and I think for some of us too, that maybe we are pouring into others and we don't always get the instant response, but years later we'll, we'll realize, wow, we, we played a key role in their development and, and we're, you know, part of their, their journey and their growth, uh, which is, which is awesome. And, and, uh, a wonderful blessing for us to be a part of for sure. Well, Absolutely. well, we, we've talked, uh, you know, some serious topics today, but we, we got to talk a little, little food. And, and I think we had John, it was last year. We talked pork rind appreciation day. It's back. Why, why are we, why are we celebrating? What are we celebrating? What, what's going on? Man, do you see this big smile on my face when you mentioned pork rinds? Do you see the big, this is, this is the family tradition. I grew up eating pork rinds when I was a little bit boy. <laughs> And to be a part of this uh, this great company, Southern Recipe, is, is my absolute pleasure. Uh, pork rinds, pork rinds appreciation day has been going on for twelve years now. So this will be our twelfth season. It's always held on Super Bowl Sundays, which is the biggest day in football. And so we give um, opportunity for all the pork rind lovers across this world, across this globe, the opportunity to eat pork rinds together, an opportunity to celebrate together. And there's one thing that we like to do. We like to do some giveaways. Hmm. So you guys can always go to porkrinds.com. Somebody is going to win $5,000, Bryce, for your charge. No gimmicks, no hooks, no anything. Just go in and register for an opportunity to win $5,000. You can't beat that on Pork Rinds Appreciation Day. But not only did that, Brian, Bryce, not only that. Somebody's gonna win a year's supply of pork rinds. Now I said that kind of low because I want to be the guy who wins, but I can't enter. But I gotta repeat a little bit louder. Somebody's gonna win a year's supply of pork rinds, man. Just simply go into porkrinds.com and register for the opportunity. But there's something else that's near and dear to my heart. The reason why I get behind this great company is because they actually support Mike Mike Dickers, who is a fellow tight end. It's Gridiron Greats Fund, which is this is an opportunity for them to give back to this particular fund. 
Uh, Mike Dicker has done a tremendous job in really looking out for some of the older veteran guys that have played in the NFL. Some of the guys that really, really have paved the way for the younger generation. And let it be told that a lot of those guys weren't afforded the same benefits that we were afforded. They weren't afforded the same contracts that we were afforded. Wasn't afforded the same health care packages that we um, are afforded today. And you see some of the guys, and it really does bring a tear to your eye because you know that they were that they were really the superstars. Those mm-hmm. were the guys that really made the game to be what it is today. And but because of they didn't get you know um, paid, or because they didn't get the proper contracts that we get nowadays, man, they falling on hard times. Um, some of them, have, as we know, have brain injuries, can barely get out of bed, hospital expenses. Some can barely even pay their bills. And so Mike Dicker's Gridiron Fund comes in and steps into the gap and help those guys out. So you guys can always go to gridirongrace.org. And I don't care if you get 50 cents to a dollar for this great cause. I ask that you guys do that. And Pork Ryan's Appreciation Day is also highlighting it and also giving back to the cause as well. And I, um, I couldn't applaud Mike Dicker's as, as, as much as I'm doing right now. And he's a fellow tight end making all of us tight ends look really good. And I appreciate it. That that's awesome. So it's it's gridirongreats.org. And uh man, you think about those those greats that, that really laid the foundation for what the NFL is today. And uh yeah, it's tough, it's tough to see some of those guys and and the, the pounding that their bodies and minds took and and without all the the information that we now have and um some of the the structures that are in place now to really help guys not only financially but also health-wise as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's a wonderful cause gridirongreats.org. And, and then also, so there's a, uh, a, a, a Southern recipe, small batch of the, the pork rinds. And so you can find out more about that at Southern recipe, small batch.com. So, uh, you can find those at Harris Teeter world market and food lion. And, and so that's uh, a nice little, uh, addition as yeah. well. And you can also find those in my pantry as well, Brian. But hey, <laughs> I got to add them to the man cave. That sounds Absolutely. delicious. I, I like it. Well, well, very cool. Well, um, I guess last thought. Uh, we're we're recording this. Uh, we'll have week thirteen coming up in the NFL. Just kind of your your overall thoughts on the NFL season. One maybe storyline that that has your attention the most. But it's it's been a tough season. It really has. It's, it's been a tough season, and and. You know, the word that comes to my mind is is overcoming. You know, they've had to overcome a lot of obstacles with, you know, with the coronavirus, um, them making particular adjustments here and there. But I really like it, it pains me to say this, Bryce, but I really like what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing. Yeah. I really do. I mean, they've come together as a team. Mike Tomlin has done a tremendous job during this time. And man, to beat the Baltimore Ravens, what, two times? Yeah. Haven't lost a game. Wow. I mean, they're playing some really, really good, hard-nosed, tough football. And kudos to Coach Tomlin. He's a great guy, um, great coach. Uh, the Steelers were our rivals, so I hate to get them kudos, but my goodness, <laughs> they're doing an outstanding job there at the AFC North, man. No question. So, uh, yeah, Bengals, a little bit of a, of a rebuild, uh, but a nice young quarterback. And, and Atlanta, they got some, some things to figure out this offseason. I, I don't know if they have as clear of a, of a direction at the moment, but, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll get them going, going again. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. I'm a Panthers fan, so I like to see the Falcons uh, <laughs> going a little bit. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's all right. But, uh, but yeah, well, Reggie, man, always great having you on the show and, and fun to be able to do it video 
uh, today here on Zoom. And, and so uh, wish you the best uh, with all that you're doing with Kyvan Foods and, and, of course, with uh, gridirongreats.org and uh, Pork Ryan Appreciation Day. So a lot going on. But, uh, Reggie, great to be with you here on Unpacking It. Bryce, I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure. Let's not make this just an annual deal, man. Let's do this more often. You do a great job. Appreciate it. And to everybody, again, if you do the little things right, the big things will follow. Thank you all, and God bless. Boom. We'll wrap it up right there. There's Reggie Kelly joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack our conversation with Reggie Kelly. And like I say, almost every episode, I appreciate the guys that come on and are humble. It's the key. It's the key for all of us to surrender our lives to Jesus. We have to be humble enough to recognize that we need a savior and, and then each day living with humility. And it can be hard in, in many ways. And, and pride is always you know, getting get kind of bubbling up inside of us. And so we have to fight against that and continue to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But, but man, I just appreciate the, the, the approach and the perspective that, that Reggie has as he's coaching and, and some of his, you know, the, what he talked about with, with mentors. And, uh, man, I just, I just love that. So the, uh, the two big takeaways, though, for me, that uh, was crazy because I, I wrote about preparation uh, in the Unpack This devotional. And so if you want to subscribe to that, you can unpackingit.com but but I wrote about the mentality of the the next man up and we're seeing it so often this year especially in in sports and specifically football where you know guys are going down with injuries left and right not to mention the the covid tests and and guys either testing positive or they're out because they've been in close contact with someone that did test positive and so what does that mean somebody's got to step in and step up and and Fill, fill in and be out there uh, as the next guy up. But, but what happens when somebody is given that opportunity, they're either prepared for it or they're not. And they're either equipped for it or they're not. And so in our own lives, we, we've always got to be pursuing preparation and, and preparing for you know what's next and, and being able to continue to develop the the skills developing the character uh you know there are certain things that we're waiting for that we want to experience but but god's using that waiting time using that delay for us to prepare well and for us to you know develop a deeper foundation so that when we get the call from god to say you know quote unquote you're in like a like a football coach saying all right all right johnson you're in you're up that guy's out you're in and, and so in life, you know, there, there's certain circumstances where we wait, we wait, we're waiting for an opportunity, we want to be used by God, we want to uh, share our faith with others, and then the opportunity presents itself, and, you know, we feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit where it's like, you're in, it's time, this is the time, this is the time to step in, this is the time to walk through that open door, and, and so will we be prepared for that moment or will we be? Oh no, I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for it. Well, we take this the delaying the and the time of patience to prepare, and and so uh, so love some of the things that that Reggie talked about 
in regards to preparation. And so I think it could be an encouragement to all of us to just think about, okay, in what ways am I being proactive with my preparation? Um, And sometimes we don't know exactly what's next either, but we know that we can prepare through reading God's scripture, prayer, um, you know, continuing to gain wisdom, talking with people and, and all of that, you know, factors in, it's like, Oh wow. God used that season for preparation, you know, five years later. Um, so that's a cool thing. So I love that, that just about life and the journey that we're on. Then the other aspect, uh, mentorship. I talk a lot about it on the show. I'm a huge believer in having mentors. I'm in a mentor group. I've got two mentors that mentor me on a regular basis and they're willing to, you know, be tough on me, call me out, uh, give me warnings. I was meeting with my mentor this week, and he was just warning me on a few things. Hey, you know, be aware of this. This could this could pop up, um, and and so you know, don't uh, again be prepared for it. And so it kind of goes back to that too, where when you when you have mentors that have been down the path already and have experienced life, and say, hey. This this can pop up. I you know I went through this when I was in my thirties, or hey, I experienced something similar in in my own ministry that that could end up happening. So um, so we have to have those people in our corner where they're coaching us, they're advising us, they're mentoring us, and and from a spiritual standpoint, discipling us, sharing with us the wisdom that they've had. Uh, in their walk with Jesus and their biblical understanding. So we can learn and glean from them. Uh, But again, we have to be proactive to seek out those mentors. Um, And then we want to, when we get to, you know, certain spots in life to, to be able to mentor others as well. Um, And so there's always somebody that we can, we can mentor and, and, and again, (laughs) being prepared to be able to do that, to to prepare ourselves to mentor uh, someone else. So hopefully that's an encouraging message to you today. Uh, let me know if you have any thoughts. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Reggie. Uh, again, would love to know your thoughts on, on anything else that, that he may have said. Uh, shoot me an email, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Thanks for listening to the Unpacking It podcast. As always, I, I wrap things up by letting you know that, that I'm Bryce and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.